you guys. Welcome to our podcast. Today we are set up a little bit unconventionally. We are recording remotely. Gustavo is here with me and uh, well actually not here with me but he is on this episode streaming from his house and I am from mine. My dungeon. <laughs> yeah really it does look like a dungeon. <laughs> so I wanted to, I wanted to just discuss what our what our current thoughts are on everything that's happening. It's been about maybe two weeks since things started to progress pretty, pretty significantly, and it started with some some precautions and some measures that they were recommending that we take as as realtors. And now it's to the point where non-essential businesses are closed in Connecticut. And we, for the most part, have shifted, I really shouldn't say for the most part, we actually have entirely shifted virtually at this point. And we have our, our office staff working from home. We are all working remotely. We're tuning in via Zoom and these video conferences for our meetings. And so I, I just wanted to kind of have a discussion with you and see what your thoughts are. What, how are you been handling the, um, the pandemic so far? Uh, well, I mean, it's interesting that you said that that you started off because I never actually thought about how quickly it all happened. Actually, we never had that conversation. Uh, like, you know, one week we were all just at the office and then from, from one day to the other. I know we spoke about it for a few days, whether or not the office was going to remain open or, or what we were going to do. But it all seemed like it happened fairly quickly. So you're right, but I didn't think about it. Um, today, uh, it's really the only day that I haven't left my house so far. And I already don't know what to do with myself. I have to be honest, dude. I ate six times already yeah. today. Yeah, it's tough. It's Did tough. Did you see my status on Facebook, by the way? I, um, I think it, what was it the, about the office? Yes, 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 yes. I saw that <laughs> lunch, first lunch. I, I had I had breakfast, first lunch, second lunch, and I actually just had a first dinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being serious. <laughs> Dude, it's 5.30. I, I really don't know what to do. don't know what yeah. to do. No, it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, I, I don't know. I assume that you're, you're like me and working from home is, is a challenge. And so I, I was talking about this earlier on our, on, our, on our team meeting, how important it is for us to try to bring some sort of structure or consistent, consistency to our days or working from home days because – Otherwise, it's very, very difficult for you to, for you to manage your time and manage your days when, when you're not going anywhere. I mean, I shared with the team that this week I, I, I made it a point to actually continue getting up early and, and, and getting ready as if I were going to leave the office, but really I was just going to stay home. But that's <laughs> really walking to the living room. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, people, people make fun of me when they see that, 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 um, that I'm in jeans and, and dressed all day. They're like, where, why are you dressed? Where have you been going? I said, nowhere, but you know, it's- Wait, you actually, you actually wearing pants right now though? <laughs> I, I wanted to, I saw a, uh, I saw a Zoom <laughs> call on, uh, on Instagram where, <laughs> where a girl- accidentally forgot that she was recording and she took her laptop into the bathroom. <laughs> she had like 10 people <laughs> on, uh, on the screen and you should have seen all of the reactions. It took her a while to notice and everyone was like, Oh no, Jenny, no. <laughs> but nobody logged off, right? They could all just left. 
Oh man, it's like my worst nightmare right now. <laughs> yeah, is is not having the bathroom door open. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So anyway, <laughs> uh, so having said all of that, you know, we we we're doing a lot of adapting to to a new new norm, really, and. And we, you know, we could talk extensively about that, but I think what's most important right now is for us to discuss really what our, what our, what our thoughts are or what we're seeing in the marketplace and what, how we feel this is affecting us both on an immediate basis and what, what we're hearing is going to happen on a long-term basis. Because right now that's a big question, particularly with our clients that we either have under contract on the buying side or on the listing side. We've already seen in just two short weeks how how things have have been reversed. People have chosen to walk away or people have chosen to take their houses off the market. And so we certainly are seeing an immediate effect. Sure. And so I was was hoping to kind of talk with you about what your thoughts are on that and 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 what reassurance, if any, we can give people that are concerned about where this takes the real estate market and what it means for the future. So you said a lot now, and I'm trying to figure out where I should pick up. Like, so, so, <laughs> so okay. I mean, the number so one, about- the number one thing that we're seeing is fear. I mean, that's really if we had to sum up this whole thing, I guess it would just be fear. Uh, now, if you're asking me what are they being fearful of, I guess it's just the uncertainty of the market or just the economic system as as a whole, maybe. Um, but. I mean, my words of wisdom, I suppose, because we're really nobody to to predict where this is going to go, is this too shall pass, right? (laughs) I mean, it always does. Uh, We just don't know how long it's going to take, how it's going to affect us in the short term. But at the end of the day, like, I mean, if we have this conversation in in five years again, it's just going to be either, you know, either people, you know, getting a what's the word I'm looking for either people missing out on things because of, uh, because they didn't take, they didn't take chances or, or just people that are, that are taking this as a, as a lesson in, in order to be pre- better prepared for the next one, you know, cause things like this happen every so often. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I think, I think, I mean, you're right. The, the, the fear is being driven by the uncertainty. And so, and so, I mean, I, I share that sentiment and, and, and as a, you know, as a business owner, I, I'm, I'm obviously hoping for the best, but the reality is that I, I do need to plan for the worst. And, and so there's a lot of stuff that's been happening in the last couple of weeks in our real estate community and that we've been a part of in terms of, in terms of uh, hopping on webinars and being part of a couple of, uh, of, of, of seminars and community forums and discussions, both, both in the real estate community and outside of the real estate community from from big names, like, like, uh, just recently we were on a webinar with, uh, the chief editor of keeping current matters, which is a leading real estate news provider. And so we, we kind of are involving ourselves in, in that, in that arena to, to really, to really make ourselves aware as to what this actually means and, and where this is headed and, and to kind of touch up on those conversations that we've been having with, with that community and that group, the, there's no denying that this is, this is a dire time right now. I mean, there's no downplaying the severity of what we're living through right now, both, both in a practical manner and also on an economical level. So by no means am, am I trying to, to, to invalidate people's concerns or, or the severity of what we're living through, but, but we, we should really look at history as, 
as a reminder for us or as some guide as to how we've weathered certain storms and 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 what what lessons we've learned and and what big takeaways we can have and one of the things that was discussed very frequently on the uh kcm webinar was that this this that we're living through today is very reminiscent of 9-11 as opposed to 2008 right. and you know, thing. what's that it was caused by something completely different correct Right. And I mean, as, as tragic as, as 9-11 was, I mean, we're living through a tragic time right now anyway, but, but the reality was that in 9-11, we, we had, we had an, an external non-economically related factor disrupt an otherwise healthy economy. Right. And we can draw the similarities to today up until, up until this pandemic started, we, we had a healthy economy. We had a very strong economy. We were on a historic expansion and we, we were doing very well in the real estate front as well. There was a lot of movement and, and there were a lot of transactions happening. People were buying and selling and it wasn't until this outside factor disrupted that, that healthy flow. And now obviously everything has come to a standstill and it just goes to show just how important every single gear and every corner and every section of the economy is and the how domino effect, right? And yeah. How cohesive everything, everything actually operates because we've, like I said, it's been two weeks since this pandemic started it, it, it significantly taking traction and, and we're already seeing the dire repercussions of it. But the, but the important thing to, to, to make note of is the fact that this is not, fundamentally economically related or fundamentally related to the economy. And, and, and unlike 2008, where there was arguably a flaw within the system, which was the housing bubble that eventually led to the implosion of the economy. This is, this is not something that speaks to the health of the economy or, or the health of the real estate market. This is something that is disrupting it. And because of it is more than likely to be temporary again, we don't have any crystal ball and we really can't say as to when the, the, the relief will come or when this pandemic will end. But the reality is that once this does end, and in fact, I think I mentioned this to you earlier today on our call, as soon as we start to see signs of improvement, whether that's proof that this is under control or that the rates of infection or the, the rates of death start to, to decrease, start I think at that point, consumer confidence will, will, will start to come back. And that's all we need right now for, for things to start to stabilize. At least it's, it's not to say that, that, that everything that we've lost in the last few weeks will automatically be recovered. I don't think that it'll be that easy, but, but at the same time, I think that there's a pause in consumer confidence right now. And as soon as we get over this major hurdle that we're trying to get over, I think that consumer confidence will start to come back and everything will start to fall back into its place. And, and there's a, there's, there's certainly a, a, a pent up demand for people to get back to normalcy. So, so I think that that's on our side, which wasn't the case in 2008 people, people were, 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 what was the line that I used earlier? People were not going out because the economy was bad right now. The economy is bad because people are forced to not go out. So, so it's 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 a little bit different than 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 what was two thousand eight. We just don't know the extent of what that what that did to the economy right now. You know, the extent of people that spending money right now, the extent of of money being injected into the economy. We don't know the damages that has, that has caused yet. 
So we don't know how long this is going to go for. But like you said, it wasn't real estate related. I mean, there's no reason why things can't get better as soon as they start getting better with the whole virus thing because right. it was not an economical issue before. Right, right. And, <clears throat> and you know, it's, it's true that things are going to get more than likely get worse before they get better. That's the spirit. So, what's that? That's the spirit. Well, yeah, I know it's, it's, it's a, <laughs> it's ominous, but, but I think it's true in this. And, and, and I don't necessarily mean in, in real estate, although I do think that it carries over into real estate, but also in the practical, the practical aspect of the, of, of how this virus is progressing. It seems as though it is going to get worse before it gets better. And because of that, this isolation and, the social distancing guidelines that we've now come to practice on a daily basis and the closures and the, the, the halting of the economy, I think might be, you know, one day is, is one day too many for, for uh, not from a safety standpoint, but from an economical standpoint. And so, so longer it goes, the, 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 the deeper we're going to feel the effects and the stronger we're going to feel the effects. So, so what, 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 I was, what I was getting at was that we may, we may start to see some unfortunate side effects from this, and we're already starting to see them with reduced hours and layoffs and restaurants closing and already, you know, restaurants and, and businesses struggling to, to, to keep their, their staff afloat or, or keep the government having to be involved. Open. So, so those are unfortunate side effects uh, that we can't ignore. But in the, in, the, in the broad scheme of things and as a larger picture for people that are looking ahead and thinking about what this means for their investments or what this means for their plans, I think that all signs are pointing to this being a lull in an otherwise very active and progressive economic cycle. Um, KCM webinar alluded to the, to the indication from Goldman Sachs and the Wells Fargo Investment Institution that that they predict that quarter three and quarter four will actually be pretty strong. Well, no, I shouldn't say strong, but they will start to strengthen beginning in quarter three and going into quarter four of this year and entering quarter one of 2021, we'll see very strong numbers. And so, and so I think that there's no, there's, there's no question that the remainder of this quarter, uh, majority, if not, the entire quarter two is going to be very difficult and, and we're going to need to plan for that. And whether that means making some cuts on our end, adapting or, or shifting how it is that we market ourselves, we are going to have to deal with that reality. This isn't something that we can ignore, but, but we're not heading down an endless dark tunnel. There is light at the end of the tunnel is the point I'm trying to make. No, for sure. Makes sense. How have you been? How have you been handling your current your current deals right now? I know that you had a closing yesterday, but you also have had some that have been put on hold or either reversed entirely. Yeah, so I have two people that a little bit to the front lines of of this. Yeah, yeah. So I have two people that are waiting to to list their property out of fear of first of all exposure, uh, and that's the virus, just the house itself to people. <laughs> so they obviously when you when you list your house, you want it to be seen by as many people as possible. And when people are fearful and they're you know, on lockdown, obviously it kind of limits that. I, you know, it was explained to them that we're doing a lot of things differently and a lot of things, um, you know, through uh, digitally, I suppose, virtually. But obviously, you know, if they're if they're not comfortable, then we we don't we don't push for that. We know that you know they'll 
they'll list eventually. It was just, it's just a matter of time at this point. So we just try to support them however they can while still making them feel comfortable about the decision they're making. Other than that, I mean, I have, I've had a few other buyers that decided to back out of the sale, not because they didn't want to purchase, but because they think there's a better opportunity coming along, which once again, which once again, we're not, you know, who knows? Right, right. No, because this could be the perfect storm in a sense. I mean, you have the stock market that's been going up for, for, for quite some time already. And it, it was, you know, according to a lot of people, it was due for a correction already. You have real estate that's been doing very, you know, very, very good for the last few years. So it could have been like the perfect storm in order to, to give us like a, a really strong correction. So maybe we will have some, um, some slowdown, I guess, for the next year or two. Who knows? It could go either way. Yeah, that's the thing. But that's what I try to tell people. There's no point in guessing. There's no point in trying to figure it out. Just go with the flow, uh, get educated, and just uh, we'll figure it out. You know, I mean, that's, I mean, I know it sounds kind of like kind of stupid, but if you can't know for sure, I don't yeah. know, like sitting on your money for two years, it supposedly, you know, if it takes two years, really a good idea. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I agree. There's no, and, and, you know, we can draw conclusions from history and, and, and from data and research and, and we can take educated guesses, which is, which is essentially what we're doing by participating in these webinars and what actually, KCM is doing by. So how many of the last four recessions actually affected housing? Just two, right? And out of the two, uh, one of them only affected it, what, 2%? Like it went down 2%. And the other one, obviously, in 2008 was caused by, by the housing, but by, 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 you know, by real estate related it was real estate related. So that, that obviously affected it a lot, but everything else that was not caused directly through real estate has not really affected it that much because that's where people want to park their money at the end of the day. Most of the time. Well, not only that, but, but it's usually where people where investors shift their funds when there's uh, volatility in the, in the stocks. So, you know, they, they tend to, to shift from the stock market to real estate when there's volatility or uncertainty. Um, but other than but other than that, you made a good point about about the effects of the last of the of the most recent recessions. Um, <clears throat> I happened to write down some 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 numbers from the KCM webinar, which said that the last two recessions, in the well, the last three recessions in the last decade, really, which which we're going to refer to as 2008, the dot com crash, and and 9/11, I wouldn't say was a was a all out recession, but but certainly a, a, a downturn in the, in the economy as compared to how the stocks performed housing always fared better in those, in all of those cases in 2008, as you mentioned, homes or housing, the housing market itself was the driving factor behind that crash. And so, and so that we certainly saw a significant a significant dip and drop and values in, in home prices because of that. Perfect sense. Right. But as compared to the stocks at that point, if we're, the, the numbers that they used was the S&P numbers, housing, depreciated, ho housing market depreciated 20% in 2008, whereas S&P depreciated 51%. So, I mean, there was a significant, significant crash all across the board, including housing, but housing fared better than the stocks at that point. And, and if we go even farther back to 9-11 and the dot-com crash, S&P performed, well, I should say the S&P depreciated 45% during those instances when you, when you take the aggregate of those two, whereas 
housing actually increased 23% during the dot-com crash and 9-11. So where the stocks took a dive during the dot-com crash and 9-11, housing actually appreciated during those two instances, with the exception of 2008. But even then, this, the drop was was less yes, than stock market. The S&P yes, like people average. shifting their money from the stock market to real estate. It's a, it's a safe haven, I suppose, in a sense. Right, right. So, so I think it all comes, it all comes down to, to the reality that we just need to weather this storm. I, I, we talked about this on our call with our team, and it's, I think, our duty to provide this type of value to our clients. I think that it's important for us to familiarize ourselves with the facts and data of, of what we're living through right now, compare it to, to, to compare it to 2008, compare it to 9/11, compare it to dot com, the dot com crash, so that we can learn from history, right. in some capacity, predict with some degree of certainty. We're not going to be able to do it. It's just an educated hundred percent certainly, but but with some degree, what we should be doing today to prepare ourselves on the for for when we come out on the back end of this. But at the same time, after, and I think that this is very important because it doesn't even have to be something that we discuss internally. I think that any other agent that's listening to this or anyone that's involved in real estate or any type of sales or whatnot should really consider the, 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 the significance of validating our consumers' concerns. Um, you can present them with all the data and research that, that you'd like. If at the end of the day, they aren't comfortable moving forward, we really need to emphasize the importance of, of empathizing with them and validating those concerns and letting them know that we support their decision one way or the other, which is why I said to our team on, on this call, that I think is going to be the hardest pill to swallow with this entire process because we have a lot of data that's telling us whether the storm be patient, hold it out. This isn't going to be as bad as you think it's going to be, but the bills have to be paid today. And if our transactions are falling apart, the right thing morally and I mean, and not, I mean, certainly morally, but ethically and, 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 and when it comes to taking care of, of, of your brand and your clients, the right thing for us to do is to reassure our clients that we are 100% behind their decisions and and we support them and if that means losing deals right now that's unfortunately going to be the hard pill that's to swallow. The thing. it's not even losing deals it's not losing deals it's just putting them on hold you know if you if we do our job correctly like like you're saying i mean it's going to happen eventually it may not happen now it may not happen in the next 30 days it may not happen for the next three months but it's going to happen and, and it's going to have it's going to be um you know it's going to happen because you take care of them because you heard you heard them out because you 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 really um, you try to make them feel better about, about what it is that they're trying to do and, and you're with them. Oh, you're right. And, and actually, I'm a firm believer that if we, if we take that approach, if anyone takes that approach, that's why I was saying if any, if any other agents are listening, I think that it's very important for us to adopt this mentality because now more than ever, it's so critically important for us to, to, to actually put, put our money where our mouth is when, in a sense by saying, you know, we come from a point of service. We're here to help you. We want, we're in the people, in the people business. And if you need anything, we're here to, we're here to help get you that and help and help you weather the storm. Right. But so, so even though I truly believe that if we give a little bit up now, it will repay exponentially in the future. That's, I also don't want to be 
insensitive to the reality that, as I said earlier, the bills do need to be paid today. So if we put our business on hold for two months and say, don't worry, it'll pay back later this year, that's easier said than done. I mean, bills have to be paid in those two months. And so, and so I don't want to seem insensitive by saying this and, and, and surely, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm of this mindset right now because now I'm thinking, how am I going to adapt the next two months if our what business do? is significant? I'm doing online surveys. I'll send, you, that? I'll send you an online survey that you can do for $5 later after this call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll account for that. Uh, and um, now I lost my train of thought. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Good, because you probably couldn't afford a train anyways. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you were saying that, you know, you, you, you understand that you have all this, all this pressure to pay your bills and stuff like that, but you're also, you're all the same mindset and that's where I cut you off. Right. So the, the reality that we need to be okay with the fact that certain deals will need to be put on hold for a while. We need to back that up with the understanding and acceptance that it's the moral and right thing to do. And the fiduciary. that's why we need to shift. I'm sorry. It's a fiduciary thing to do. Right. It is a fiduciary duty. Um, I practiced that in my head, by the way, like six times before I said it. You almost got it too. Almost. And so because we are approaching an uncertain couple of months, we need to shift. And as, as the community has been saying, pivot our plan in order to adapt to that reality that in two months, we don't know what's going to happen, but we cannot let the need for our bills to be paid today push us to the point where we become people that are trying to save a deal for the purpose of our own benefit. Because at the end of the day, that's really what we very, very badly need to avoid. And, and, and I think that there have been some people out there already that like I said before, I don't know if they're well-intentioned or if they don't mean to be doing this, or if in fact they're doing it from a position of selfishness, but they might be putting out misleading information, you know, misguiding their clients or flat out lying about the, about what the reality is that we're living in today for the sole purpose of keeping deals together and getting paid. And, oh, and no. you know, we are not even trying to get educated about this and, and really try to figure out what's happening. Right. A lot they, of them are still, don't even know. They're still in spring market mode. They're still in the, the, the market's hot. Everything's moving. Call me if you want to buy. Call me if you want to sell. And that by no means, I mean, that's the one, that's, that's, I mean, not the one, but that's so many of what I see wrong, so much of what I see wrong right now. And, and I want to make sure that our team and anyone else that might be listening, they, if they get anything out of this, it's that. It's that this, this, we need to, we need to really empathize and validate the concerns and we can, we can at every point and every opportunity provide them with value and information and data and research that, that says that things, things are going to be okay, but if their response to that is okay, I appreciate the information, but I'm not comfortable moving forward right now. Our response needs to be, I 100% support you. And we need to put things on hold because that's how we that's how we need to establish our trust or not so much established, but that's how we need to reinforce our trust with, with our clients. That's how they're going to remember us on at the back end and say, you know what? You were there for me. You weren't pushy. You weren't, you, you were looking out for my best interest and you were telling me what, what I needed to hear and you respected my decision. And you know, that'll come back to us tenfold. And so, 
And so for my team, for you, for anyone that's, that's listening, I think that that's a big takeaway from, from all of this, um, kind of finding that balance between providing valuable information and, and easing people's concerns while at the same time, not losing the, the, the picture, not losing the, the human factor to it, the human element that is, that is empathy and, and, and understanding people's fears and concerns. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. All right. Well, um, I, I have a couple of other things that I wanted to talk about, but we, we kind of spoken a lot of detail about this right now. So maybe well, we can... I'll probably only said three things to be honest, but that's fine. No, problem. no. Yeah. So that's, that's all right. So maybe, <laughs> maybe what we can, what we can do is I don't know how long, much longer this, this will go on for this. Well, this. no, we're, we're 30 minutes in. I think if you have, if you have all the points, I think we should leave it for a second one. No, that's what I mean. I, see, seeing as how this might go on for, for, for at least another week or so, uh, you meant, you meant the recording. <laughs> no, no, no. I think we can leave our other discussions for, for next week. Then we'll, we'll come back and talk about some other points and talk about some other concerns and, um, we'll field some questions. We'll talk to our clients and see what, what their thoughts or specific questions are and see if we can answer them here. For sure. Sounds All good. Right. Well, thanks so much for putting this together. No and, uh, we'll talk, we'll talk next week then. All right. Bye guys. Thank you.